Welcome to the History of the U.S. Mint podcast by LAP Coins, where we take you through the events and times that created the numismatic hobby as it is today. We're very excited to be releasing this podcast uh, today on the 4th of July. This is the uh, 200 and something anniversary of our country. Uh, so happy birthday, United States. Um, and we are going to put out this first episode about the Charlotte, Charlotte Mint. So, um, I think without further ado, let's, uh, play that episode. Yay! Your name is Conrad Reed. You are only 12 years old. Your dad, a former Hessian soldier, is now a farmer. In your leisure time, you like to come down to the creek in the farm to fish for little panfish, bass, or whatever else you could catch for dinner. You walk along the creek to look for a fish to dangle your worm in front of. You see a rather shiny fish, but no, it is not a fish, but a shiny rock. You wade into the creek to pick it up. You throw down your fishing pole and run inside to tell your dad, but he is out in the fields. You use that rock as a doorstep for a while, having no idea that it was gold. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the History of the U.S. Bit Podcast. In our first season, we'll be taking you through the story of the not-so-well-known Charlotte Mint. Conrad Reed's gold was purchased by a jeweler, who then recognized it as gold. Throughout the following years, more people were finding gold. By 1802, people started to flock to the Carabas County to seek a fortune. One of those people was John Pfeiffer. In 1804, he sent a shipment of nuggets to the Philadelphia Mint for $11,000. From then until 1824, people kept selling gold to the Philly Mint. After 1824, the amounts kept increasing. Then the Mint decided to take notice. And with that, Congress recognized the need for a Mint in North Carolina in 1829. Even though the need for a Charlotte Mint was recognized, the Charlotte Mint was not authorized until until 1835. Along with the Charlotte Mint, two other mints were authorized with the same bill, the New Orleans and Dolanaga Mints. Those will be covered in future episodes of the show. James M. Hutchison was selected to be the commissioner to oversee the construction project, but he declined. Samuel McComb was selected to, to take his place. The budget for the new mint in Charlotte would, would be only $33,000 with machinery using $15,000 of that tight budget. On the 21st anniversary of Andrew Jackson's victory at the Battle of New Orleans, the cornerstone was lit. Mostly local materials were used for the construction. Later on, though, most materials from the mint had to be brought from a distance, which took a long amount of time. On January 19, 1837, John H. Wheeler was appointed superintendent of the Charlotte Mint after Sanders. Wheeler was a politician, slave owner, and plantation owner. After he ended his term as superintendent in 1841, he would later become the U.S. minister to Nicaragua and have two of his slaves, Jane Johnson and Hannah Bond, famously escape to Philadelphia and be hidden by abolitionists.
It was a warm summer day in 1837. You are with your family at a dock in Charleston, North Carolina. You are watching for a ship that is carrying the coining equipment for the new mint in Charlotte, North Carolina. Your husband has gotten a job at the new mint. You are all packing to move. After an hour of your kids watching the little minnows below the dock in fascination, the big ship, the Langdon Sheds, arrives in the port. You watch as things are unloaded, unloaded onto carts and ox carry them to, the sh- to Charlotte from there. It was not until August that all the machinery was set up. still problems with the equipment. It was obviously hard to move all around the extremely he- heavy furnaces and coin presses. In November of 1837, dives for the quarter eagles and half eagles arrived. On December 4th, a 1-1-1 ounce deposit of local gold was made. The men started coining in Mar- March of 1838. In 1839, twice as much gold was deposited at the Charlotte Mint. All seemed to be going well. In 1840, rumors started to circulate that the gold coins minted in Charlotte did not have the proper gold content. In late spring of 1841, the mint saw a steep decline in deposits. The director of the mint accused assayer giving of bad assaying and only showing up at the mint once or twice a week. The coins actually contained the proper content of gold after all. As if there were not enough problems with the mint already, in 1844, fire struck. It was July 26, 1844. You are the new superintendent of the mint, Superintendent Caldwell. You are currently away from the mint, taking a beautiful break in the nearby mountains. You hear the birds chirping in the trees as you take in the beautiful sights. While you are taking a blissful break back at the mint, trouble is brewing. When you return, the mint is kaput. All that is left is cinders and ashes. All of the valuable items were safe in the vault, but everything else is gone. There is no confirmed cause of the fire, but many people thought it was caused by college students smoking or a roof worker fixing the roof. Coin Spotlight Even though the Charlotte Mint had a devastating fire in 1844, the mintages for quarter eagles and half eagles were not actually too low. It probably would have been a really high mintage year if it was not for the fire, but it is not much lower than the surrounding years. For example, in 1845, no known coins were minted in Charlotte, but coining resumed in 1846 to meet about the same number as 1844. Thank you for listening to Coin Spotlight on History of the U.S. Mint Podcast. There was not much support for the rebuilding of the mint. Some thought it was a good idea to abandon the mint and Dolanega mints altogether because the cost of the coining was a lot more expensive than in Philadelphia. Contrary to public opinion, James K. Polk was a strong advocate for the southern mints. D.M. Barringer, a representative for the area in Congress, helped make it happen, and the rebuilding of the Charlotte Mint was authorized in 1845. The building was finished in 1846. 
There were no, no coins in 1845, but coinage did resume as soon as the new building was finished. After William Alexander was appointed superintendent of the Mint, the new denomination for the gold dollar was started. The position of superintendent changed hands until President Franklin Pierce appointed Caldwell for a second term. In 1861, about a week after the Civil War had started, the Charlotte Mint was captured by Colonel Bryce and his troops. And uh, and on May of 1861, the coinage had been stopped. For a full list of sources, you can check out our episode notes where we'll post all of our resources where we found for this episode. But we really recommend the books The History of the US The History of the US Mint and its coinage and the official Red Book Guide of the United States Mints. Um, So thank you for uh, listening, and we hope that you'll check out some of our sources. Thank you for watching this episode of the History of the U.S. Mint podcast. You can listen to all, you can listen on all platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you have not already, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel at LEP Coins, or also follow our Twitter or Instagram. Thank you for watching.